So Nano, um, we've got a pretty big surprise for listeners today. What do we got? So we have Major General Mark Weatherington. He's the AT Deputy Commander. And here, sir, we're hoping that you could just shed a little wisdom on all current and potential UPT student pilots out there. So uh, this is kind of your opportunity to be able to speak directly to hundreds of current and potential uh, student pilots. So if you had kind of one message or something you'd like them to know, what would that be? Wow. Well, well thanks. First of all, thanks for the opportunity because uh, I get a chance to travel around and see a lot of folks. It's always exciting to be connected to young folks doing great things for the nation, great things for the Air Force. And I'm excited to get a chance to talk to all the potential and uh, future student pilots out there. Hey, if there's a couple things I'd tell you, uh, first, keep your sense of humor. Uh, it's going to be a grind. Pilot training has been a grind for a long time. But the exciting news for you is there's, a, there's great opportunities at the end of the rainbow for you if you can fight through it. We also want to hear from you. We're making a lot of changes, an opportunity to make a big difference, and we want your ideas. We want you to help us make pilots better, make them stronger, train them better, uh, and be innovative in how we do that. So uh, speak up and let us know if you have a bright idea on how things can, can work. Yeah, awesome. sir, and I, and I can tell you from, from everybody at our level, we're hearing your messages loud and clear, and people are excited about it. Um, kids are hearing about the new pilot training and pilot training next and all the, all the new things that are out there. And um, it's, it's ginning up a lot of excitement. They're, they're really happy to hear the message that's coming down from the top. That's great. And, you know, in a long career flying for our Air Force, uh, there's going to be so many opportunities for you out there. Whatever airframe you're in, uh, there's so many opportunities. There's so many pluses and, and advantages, and, and uh, everyone's unique. You're going to get to do some things you never dreamed, never imagined you'd do uh, for the Air Force and the nation. And I really appreciate you stepping up to the plate. All right. Well, sir. sir. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming by and being our first special guest. Pretty exciting. So, uh, all right. Hopefully we'll get to do it again soon sometime. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks, sir. Thank you. What's up? Welcome to the Check Six Podcast, where we're helping you suck less now so you don't hook later with your host, Nano. And Bender, coming to you from Columbus Air Force Base, Mississippi. So we just got, those of you guys just tuning in right now, we just got done talking about our solo like our first solo out to the area like our area solo area for the first solo, time which is now with the new syllabus that's the first time they go solo it's an area solo right because back in the day we used to do a pattern solo first before you go to your first check ride yeah. or like a couple rides before your first check ride and then you'd go to your air solo but now it's Straight. first first time you're alone in the plane you're flying out to the moa going solo and um what you'll hear quite a few times is people will go out there and scare themselves doing something um in in the moa and kind of get themselves in a scary situation yeah because you don't have the ip in the back telling you hey watch out for your altitude or check that airspeed over the top or where's your power set or right. all those kind of things <laughs> on your split s so um and you're you what were you saying again about yeah so i it, this was back in you know vietnam but um because i'm old get it yeah you don't laugh every, at my every jokes time you're old right? you're old jokes i know um so yeah i was flying solo gosh this is back at moody when I was in T6s and you know, you have your pattern solo, you're super pumped and then you get to go to your area solo. And that was like the first time you're really nervous, you know, cause you're like, man, I'm, I'm leaving home. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of home base. Like I'm heading out to the outfield. And uh, I ended up doing, I think it was, I wanted to, sh- I think it was a Cloverleaf. It, or what I thought was a cloverleaf, <laughs> And it ended up your, me your being- Your best shot at a cloverleaf. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up me being, so discombobulated, not knowing which way was up and which way was down, that the only thing I knew how to do 
was uh, an out of control flight bold face, right? So I was like, PCI auto controls neutral altitude check. And I wasn't in a spin, uh, but I just, you know, I, I basically looking back on it, I got way too slow on my pull up and I'm inverted mm-hmm. too slow. And as I start to pull down, the plane's not doing it what I want, want it to do because I'm a brand new student. I've got, you know, 15 hours in the plane. Right. And that, I mean, that's why one of the things we're going to talk about here is we teach you guys contact recoveries. We kind of try to ingrain it to you and this and this bold face and this these spins so that if you find yourself in a dangerous situation like that, you know exactly what to do. Right. To get yourself right side up so that everything looks wings level, <laughs> sky <laughs> up, ground down, kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. So today we're gonna be talking about MOA work, single ship MOA single work. Ship MOA work. Uh, we're gonna we actually have a, a plan. I think a pretty good plan for this podcast, which is unusual for us. And we're gonna talk about um, really the basic, not even arrow, like the A advanced handling characteristics. You'll hear AHC stuff, um, which are your our power installs, spins, TP stalls, slow flight, all, all that jazz. And then we're gonna get into the arrow, both basic and advanced arrow. And then we're gonna kind of talk about the checks that will uh, that you'll typically do in the MOA. Um, does that work for you? Yeah, just kind of how to keep things flowing and, and make it so that you're not wasting a bunch of time as well. That's part of that energy management. Exactly. And, and we've already used an acronym. We broke one of our rules um, that you guys may not heard before, but the MOA, M, uh, M-O-A, is Military Operation Area. area. Right. right. And so no matter what base you're at, you're going to have uh, like a piece of pie. In the sky. In the, pie sky, in the sky. Pie in the sky, you hear that term where you can go and you can exceed 250 knots because it's a military operating area. You can exceed your speed, you can go inverted, go inverted yeah. and it gives you altitude, you know, from at Columbus, I think it gives us, what, 10? Eight, eight to 14. Eight to 14. Well, I guess the whole mode would be eight to 22,000 feet. Right, so, and you get a block of that and that's where you can just go and learn and, and practice doing what you're doing and you're gonna spend a ton of time in those areas right and so. these MOAs are also described on our charts as well mm-hmm. I think they're they're definitely on our our like uh, our VFR navigation charts they're okay, on our, our low charts all that stuff and the reason they put them on there is they want farmer Joe Bob flying around in his Cessna or dr. John yeah. yeah to to not go into that area because there's usually a high volume of like student traffic that does not have the wherewithal all the time. But then you get the guys who don't really care. They're VFR and they'll blast, through and they'll our blast right through it, which is always the worst. fun. I know. You get a call like, hey, Cessna's going through your MOA. Watch out. And you're like, gosh, it's, it's really hard to do a rejoin at 100 knots. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, all right. Let's, so let's, let's, let's start with, um, okay, we're going to do the checks later. So let's yeah. just get into like the first thing you're probably going to do in an aircraft when you go out to the MOA, which okay. is most likely going to be something to the effect of power on stalls. Yeah, so let's think about here. You, you're you going to come into your slice of the pie, and you're going to come at the very bottom of the pie, and you're going to work yourself into the pie, right? Yep. So you're moving up. So as an energy gainer, you're going to do a power on stall, which is going to get you up into the area. Exactly, because, you know, we're starting at 7,000 feet, you need to get eventually up to the higher part of your block because... At least at Columbus, for our spins, we we have a minimum altitude of thirteen thousand five hundred feet. Right, and then the top fourteen thousand, so you only have that small. Five hundred. Yeah, kind of thread that needle, but you, you know we don't want to waste time just climbing. You could be doing something, but we're going to get into that with energy management. Yeah. So, so let's start power on stalls. Power stalls. What are, what are we trying to do here? So the overall goal is they want to introduce the students to what it's like to be in a complete stall situation. Right. So past the first indication 
which would be a stick appro- shaker, approach, to approach to saw. But the actual, in, in the way that 11248 that tells you how to fly the T6, it says a wing dip or a nose drop. So you're mm-hmm. literally gonna put your nose between 15 and 40 degrees nose high, and your power is gonna be set between 30 and 60% on the torque, mm-hmm. and you're gonna just freeze everything. And you're gonna be climbing like a banshee up, you're gonna get the stick shaker, and, and you're gonna fight through that stick shaker and you'll have to increase your back stick pressure to maintain that nose at whatever degree high you are until you, the airplane finally, what we call falls off. And it's when the wing dips or the nose drops and that's the full stall. And, and we're quite literally just trying to make the aircraft run out of flying airspeed. Correct. And it's just to give you guys the uh, the wherewithal when you get into that situation on what to do because stalls happen and it's, it's um it's gotten people in trouble before, yep. especially um, when you look at there's been airliners that have stalled before it, but yeah. they didn't know what to do on climb out. Exactly. So from an airport, um, the parallel stalls teach you how to deal with that. So the first thing you do, and it's usually gonna you're gonna stall around 80 knots, yeah, ish, ish every single time, yeah. depending on altitude, depending on whatever mm-hmm. bank angle, all that stuff. But what's the really the other thing we talk about here is it's not necessarily the setup is important but we're not grading your setup, we're grading your recovery. Exactly. And, but cleaner setups are gonna to lead to cleaner, cleaner recovery. That's kinda of how we, we talk about that. Correct. So uh, we already mentioned the entry parameters. Yeah. Um, we usually like to do one straight wings level and one in some type of bank around 30 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. For the 20. banked one, you'll hear the technique of 30, 30, 30. 30 degrees on high, 30% torque, 30 degrees of bank. Yeah. Um, but I will generally teach students to play around with those ranges, so, cause you're gonna get different stall characteristics based on like, how much power is available, how nose high or nose low you are. So what's the common acronym we tell students for so, recoveries? Max, relax, roll. So I guess not an acronym, but kind no, of it's a, actually kind of a phrase. Little, little phrase, yeah. But there's a, what's that term? What is it called? Max, relax, roll, that'd be MR, that's not a thing. Oh, no, no, not an acronym. There's like a moniker. Moniker. Moniker, sure. Yeah. We are not smart people. Anyway, getting back to the point. Um, <laughs> after your wing drops or your nose dips, you're gonna go max, relax, roll. So you're gonna simultaneously throw the power to max, lower the nose, don't push the nose, but let the nose fall. Right. And a technique there is to put the prop arc on the horizon. So when you're looking out of the front of the T6, you can actually see, you kind of see through the propeller, but you can see the edge of it. And you're gonna take that very top arc of the propeller and put it on the horizon. Just a technique, Technically. and then roll right. So, so if, so there, if there's relax. any bank at if all, if there's any bank, wings level. Yeah, and then you're gonna smoothly bring that nose back up, and initially you want to put your fire lights or your glare shield uh, on the horizon. Yeah, and the thing I usually bring into my cross check is my AOA indicator, right? Or angle of attack indicator. So um, I want to break. We talk about break the stall. Let the nose relax, so you break that stall you can start gaining flying airspeed back. Now, this max relax roll is not specific to the T6. No. It would, it's, you're gonna learn that in every single aircraft you fly. Something that is specific to the T6, what we add on the end there is max relax roll rudder. Yes. Because when you go max power with our 1100, let, shaft horsepower. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of horsepower on the T6, for the small aircraft, 
the nose is going to swing aggressively to the left. To the left, yeah. So what I try to get students to just, in their mind, connect is their left hand and their right foot. Yep, left hand, right foot are always connected. If you push it forward, your mm -hmm. right foot goes and forward. You'll see this on your uh, power on stall recoveries, your TB stall recoveries, when you're cleaning up after slow flight or even on initial takeoff. If yeah. you connect your left hand and your right foot, when you go max power, just start getting, uh, I talk about squishing the orange, don't kick the dog kind yeah. of thing. You ever heard yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and got I've got another technique we'll talk about in TP stalls. It's oh, yeah. really corny, but it works. Corny sometimes corny makes, works. makes you remember. Just get ready to anticipate that nose swing with your right foot with an application of right rudder. Yeah. And that's on all your stall recoveries. Yeah. And so really what I'm after at that point in time, you just need uh, a positive climb on two indications. So here's the difference. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and talk about TP stalls here too. Power on stalls, the eleven two forty eight says two climbs which means your alt altitude is climbing and your vvi is above zero yes and your airspeed is stable not decelerating right that's for power on stall when we get to tp stalls we're not going to worry about the airspeed it's just two climbs recovered so that's one very small um, difference between the two and we'll get to that yeah we know the technique there so all right so that, that's the big thing on power on stalls now yeah. in their check ride still currently it's um, you're going to do two power on stalls. Yeah, one turning, one straight ahead. One turning, one straight ahead. One high torque, one low torque. Yeah. And so the range is 30, 60% on the power. 15 to 40. And and then so I'll generally, well, that's for the pitch. Yeah. And, then, and then so I'll split that in half. So do one that's below 45 and one that's above 45 within the range. That would be high torque, low torque. And then you want to do one that's high pitch and low pitch. Whatever combination of those three you want to do, do so. But low pitch is considered 15 to 30 degrees mm -hmm. and high pitch is considered 30 to 40 degrees. Cool. So... Um, if you can start practicing some combination of those on every single one of your rides, you'll be better off in your check ride. Sounds good. Cool. I would beat that dead horse. Yeah. Power right. Cool. So now we've gotten up pretty high in the MOA. So yeah. now we're going to do spins. So let's not talk too much about the setup, the 13,500. I think that's a let's little over get, the head. Get let's just talk about what, how we're going to do the it. Technique. So, so why, do we, why do we practice the spin recovery? So you can recover from out of control flight. Exactly. And Done. so we have a bull face. It's called out of control flight recovery. Yep. It's PCL idle, controls neutral, altitude check. And you're going to do the exact same thing in your spin. And this is this is one thing that kind of confused me as a student was we have a spin recovery mm -hmm. and we have an OCF, out of control flight recovery. What you're doing is you're engaging a spin, but we don't want to uh, do the spin recovery in the T6 right now. So we do the OCF recovery. It's right. a little nuanced there, but we're going to do the OCF recovery from your spin if you guys right. kind of get to that point. And you can... And you can uh, apply the recovery techniques at different parts of the spin right because there's like there's the out of control flight then there's a the post stall gyrations and then there's a fully developed spin right that's that's really in the weeds but let's just talk let's just talk about the recovery so right. we raise our nose right we're 15 20 degrees nose high yeah I got 20 powers at time. idle probably the most important thing on a spin recovery power is power at idle, idle. Yes. And then, like, I'll even teach guys, take put it in idle and take your hand off the dang thing. Because if you accidentally bump that power while you're doing a spin, you now have a suspected engine problem, and you're doing a PEL back to home base, and you get to get embarrassed by exactly. all your friends. If, you, if you're anywhere above idle and you spin, it's you suspect engine damage. Suspect engine damage, yeah. Yep. So, um, and so... Uh, so like again, 80, 85 knots, kind of like, kind of like the power on stall. Yep. You're gonna, but this time instead of max relax roll, we're gonna literally pull the stick all the way back into our lap, 
and kick a full boot of left rudder or right rudder, depending on which way you want to spin. Exactly. And the two things that I tell students here is, especially on their first spin, um, you usually spin a little bit later in the program after you've done a lot of practice of TP stalls and power on stalls. Mm -hmm. And when you see that wing dip and roll off, occasionally like you hear kind of horror stories, not horror stories, but you hear stories of students, their, their muscle memory mm -hmm. reaction is to push power up. Yeah. And so if it's a first spin for a student and you guys can just do this right off the bat, I tell them you can either do one of two things. Just put your hand on the rail where I can see it off the PCL, mm -hmm. or you can cowboy it in the air. Whatever, yeah. You know, like riding ride yeah. a bull at, at a bar. Riding a Bronco. Um, and so one yeah, of those two things. But is, it'll, there, is there a story here about you riding a bull in no. a bar? Uh-uh. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. I, I've never been in Nashville. And, um, <laughs> is that Nashville? <laughs> Whatever. Um, and so that way you are less likely to put your hand forward yes. and push the PCL up. Yeah. Also, just kind of an insider uh, secret, I'm in the back seat and I have both hands on the PCL <laughs> yeah, holding every... it aft so that even if you try, I've had students try to push it through my hand. I'm like, there's nope, no way that this PCL is going up. <laughs> so by the way, if you have a good instructor, that's what they're doing in the back seat. <laughs> so th this is one thing that actually di is different between the bases okay. is I'm pretty sure th there's definitely a difference between when Laughlin and Columbus recovers the jet. Oh, okay. So when do you have students recover? Like it? When it's early on, it's like I, I, I tell them to count to three after kicking the rudder in. So it's really the post-style gyration mm -hmm. is where I have them recover. And I, I, well, at least one rotation yeah, is yeah. when I do. Uh, at Laughlin, I, if this, this may be hearsay, but they um, they might have you guys recover instantaneously. Yeah, like as, as soon as you roll off, yeah. uh, begin the recovery. And the way I go through the spin here is I will say the bull face out loud. Yeah. I'll say PCL is idle. Controls, neutral. Altitude, check. check yeah. And why, why are we checking the altitude? Because the spinning has to stop by a certain altitude. Right, exactly. And and yeah. why else? We have two, those two out of control flight out, ejection altitudes. Right, well. ejection, so yeah, 2,000 to 6,000 feet. Right, yeah. so 6,000 feet is uncontrolled ejection. Um, 6,000 is, 6, un is uncontrolled. 2,000 2000 is controlled. controlled. Yeah. So... If you're below 6,000 feet and you can't recover the aircraft, you're getting out of it. Yeah. You're giving it back to the taxpayers. I will talk through the bull face every single time. And actually call out the altitude. Call out the altitudes. And then as I'm recovering, I verbalize the, the oil pressure. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting one because I always tell, I, I have some students that they apply the OCF recovery procedures, spin recovery, and they say oil pressure's in the green. So they're making sure they have oil pressure because as we're spinning, the oil is getting all flung around the engine and mm -hmm. maybe the pressure drops, drops a little bit. But I like hearing oil pressure's in the green because that means the very next step is I can add power back in. Right. And, and what I try to explain to guys is that, and gals is that if you are literally in an OCF environment. Scenario. Scenario and you like leave the nose down, you, like if it really happens to you, you're gonna be reefing on that stick once you break the stall to get back to the horizon. But if you do that and say you're in the stick shaker, max performing that recovery back to the horizon, your speed's probably gonna still be low. And a lot of people forget to push that power up after the oil pressure's in the green. Right. And I've actually heard of kids on solos before getting into like two, recoveries spin recoveries because they forget to put their power up and next thing you know they're back into the stick shaker and stalling stalling and rolling yeah, off so another spin right, right. So, so let's let's kind of wrap it up max 
or I'm sorry, not max relax roll. Um, PCL idle, controls neutral, altitude check. Then the very next thing is going to be oil pressures in the green. Hopefully we're wings level, mm. and then pushing power to recover out of it. You said the bullface wrong. About the did I really? Sit you wow, hook. No, you started. With, you started at the wrong bullface. <laughs> Q three. I did. Q three. Cool. That spins. Um, kind of the quick and dirty. And here's last thing on it. It seems crazy. It sounds crazy. But I want you guys to understand when you get to the T six, it is such a balanced, Sta- like, dynamically stable, stable aircraft. aircraft. You literally could recover from a spin by letting go of all the con- all the controls, and it will recover. Well, itself. you're an SCF guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like, pretty. It's I I know it sounds daunting, but it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Spins are fairly easy in the T six. Right, TP stalls, my favorite. Can I talk about it's this? Your one? favorite? I, not really, but I I know how to teach them fairly well. Go for it. All right. So TP stalls, traffic pattern stalls. That's what we're talking about. So when I have this, when I have guys set this one up. We, even though we're at 11,000 feet or whatever altitude we're at, we are going to treat it like we are at the pattern altitude. So a thousand feet AGL over top of Columbus. So what I'll actually have guys do is pull their power back to 10%, go into the brake turn, right? So that's coming down the runway. You have them do a brake turn. Yeah, that? dude, I have them do a brake turn. All right. Like throw gear down. So below one, you know, 140 gear clear. They All do the gear, outs. they do flaps. And then I have them set that pitch and power to get at the perch, right? And so if you guys go back to one of our, uh, I think we have a patterns um, podcast where we talk a lot about how to get stable at the perch. Two degree, two and a half degrees nose high, 30% power, gear and flaps, 120 knots, you get it there. So I get them set up right there. And then we do our power pitch, or I'd say power pitch roll power coming off the perch, right? So we get established just like we're turning 180 degrees get back to the runway so now what i would have them do is once they're established and they're going around that final turn i'll say okay let's make our mistake and so our mistake is we pull our power to idle and then if we're going to do an overshooting final we're going to act like the wind's pushing us past the runway so we have to increase our bank and i set the nose kind of on the horizon and i pull that nose across the horizon now for the, for the traffic pattern stall, it's the first indication or approach to stall indication, which is different than the full the power stall, power on stall. So as soon as I get the stick shaker or a buffet in the plane, and when I say buffet, it's think of, um, have you ever driven like an old truck and you put the brakes on, the brakes are kind of bad, and the whole thing just starts like bouncing and shaking. shaking. Yep. That's what the buffet is. You will feel that in the air. The wings start vibrating a little bit, and yeah. it's, it's the the wings are the you're, wing. You're you're, demand, you're demanding too much from the aircraft, and therefore the airflow over the wing is not as laminar and all that stuff. Right. So before we get too deep, there are three types of power on stalls. Yeah, there's overshooting, it. undershooting, and landing attitude. Yep. The two we'll do from the perch are overshooting and undershooting. Yeah. And the and the the landing attitude is like you were stalling in a flare. Right. Maybe something like that. And and the other two are essentially you're you're stalling in the final, in turn, the final turn after the perch. Yeah. And all the the point of practicing these is if you get into a stall situation in the pattern, we want you to do the recovery and disregard ground track is the biggest thing. Right. So because increase because this is a this is a life save maneuver. You are low, yeah. you are slow, you are configured, and now you're stalling. Yeah. It's we have to recover ASAP. You have zero time 
like your your time is so short to make this recovery happen or else you're hitting the ground. And so we want you guys to take this seriously because of that. Right. And practice it like and that's what Bender's talking about with do the brake turn, do the purse, make your gear call, make yeah. your radio call. And generally the way I'll talk about this is when you roll off the perch, you'll do good student. Yep. Set up a stable final turn. Yep. It's what the two forty eight talks about. And then you'll be bad student where you go idle and then what, de- depending on which of the, uh, the maneuvers you're doing. Either more bank, less bank. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. those are the setups. Let's talk about stick shaker hits. So you get your stick, you, you bad student, right? Mm-hmm. Undershooting or overshooting, and you get the stick shaker. So the 11-248 tells you to max relax roll. My technique is max roll. And here's why, if I'm 100 feet off the ground and I drop the nose, you're gonna descend. You're gonna descend, period. And our plane has enough power in it where if you just hold the nose where it is, so max power roll to wings level, disregard your ground track, that power is gonna catch it and you're still gonna be sinking, but if you do happen to touch down before you pull the ejection handle, at least you'll be in a three point stance and not nose down buried into the dirt. Exactly. So, And also, th- th- we kind of touched on this a second ago. The power on stall is you are in a no shit stall. You have stalled the aircraft. Right. The TP stall is an approach to stall indication. You have not stalled yet, but, but you are getting really close. close. And so we're just trying to ingrain, like if you if you get the stick shaker in the final turn configured slow, low. Max roll. Max relax roll. Yeah. Max, max roll. roll. On, your, you on your technique. So, so getting back you, to You the, can keep the nose in the air as well and you still have flying air. You can. So this is my corny technique I told you guys about in a second. Max roll, rudder right you talked about the rudder so the engine when you're at idle and you push the power up to max it spools right there's a spool time and it actually makes a noise and this sounds really funny it's you can laugh at me later probably will you will but when you put the power in it does this it goes right it makes that noise where it spools up and so what i tell students is that the engine is actually calling for rudder and as it spins up and as its pitch gets higher, what it's actually saying to you is, right rudder. <laughs> it works, I'm telling you. Because if you, <laughs> if you don't, your nose is gonna swing off to the left and you're gonna get back into the stick shaker. So uh, I say- If it works, it works, right, you're right, that is bad. Rudder, <laughs> yeah, so it's super corny, but whatever, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a technique. And so, yeah, okay, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy, I'll buy that, right. yeah. All right, so, and so the we talked about an overshooting and an undershooting stall. The overshooting is like what Ben talked about. You're getting pushed past the runway, and you're simulating a situation where you're over trying to banking. overbank. You're applying bank, and you're applying G to the aircraft, which forces your stall speed to increase, which means you'll stall sooner. Yes. And it, the it talks about it in the 240 being an accelerated stall, mm-hmm. where and it's accelerated because you are forcing it. You're forcing the stall, yeah. And it, it's also specifically a nose low stall recovery. Right. So your nose has to be below the horizon, right? Outer, um, outer, or below the horizon, yeah. and as soon as you release the G and roll out, you're flying again. So get that nose in the air, yeah. and start climbing away from the ground. Get that positive VVI going and uh, that positive climb going as well. Yeah. Okay, so undershooting is the opposite. But, yeah, the wind's the opposite direction, and you're trying to like float it, fl- drag out the final turn. Right. To but make you, the, uh, you put your power back too low because you're high. Or you know, or, or you're, you're, low, you're in idle or, for whatever reason. Yeah, so and we're, we're simulating that situation. Yeah. So the undershooting is you're going to go idle, 
Yeah. You're going to get the nose up a little bit, yeah. and you're going to roll out of some bank. And yeah. so it's 10 to 20 degrees of bank. Exactly. And yeah. it's going to take longer to get to that stall. Right. Yep. And so generally, it's going to be a longer recovery than the accelerated stall that right. was the overshooting. All right. Let's talk about uh, landing, the landing attitude, because yeah. this is probably, I think, this is one of the most important ones. You're in the flare. So roughly about spinner on the horizon. Like crack shift idle, you're, you're in yeah, the flare. You're yeah, crack shift idle, you're in the flare. You pull your power to idle. You're holding it. And we're waiting on the stick shaker. That's it, right? We're waiting on, or the buffet. That's that indication of salt. So it, it's simulating you have flare too high or you, right. you have, you were too slow and you're going to stall before you actually touch down. Right. And so, again, I'm going to go to back to max roll versus max relax roll. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm three feet off the runway and I'm in the stick shaker and I'm about to stall and I go max relax roll, I could bang my nose gear, right? Yep. If I pull back on the stick, max pull back on the stick because I'm scared and I want to get away from the ground, I could strike the tail. Or get into a further stall. Or get into a further stall. So that's again why I say here, I'm going to hold my pitch attitude. So hold my spinner on the horizon and I'm just going to go max. Really right rudder. Right rudder. That's yep. it. And, and hold it. And like, I, I say you just grind it out. Yep. yep. Just grind it out until you can get it flying away from the ground. So yep. And again, one. I would talk. I even talk through that. I go uh, crack shift idle. Flare would be idle. And yep. then I wait for the stall to happen. And as soon as I hit that stick shaker. Max. Max. Yeah. Now, if you guys are getting to the buffet before you get to the stick shaker, it's typically because you're not coordinated. Yeah. And so it just means if, if you, that happens, if you get stick shaker or if you get buffed before you get stick shaker, it means you're not flying the plane well. Right. Your so, rudder, your rudder's not centered. Center of the That's ball. what that means. Center of the ball. Okay. okay. Let's dead, move on. Dead horse again, beat. Yep. Slow flight. This so is the. Why this, are we doing slow flight? We're, we're doing slow flight so we can see the characteristics of the aircraft at very slow speeds. So you can take your stick and move it left and right, you know, almost full scale deflection and the plane barely turns because there's just not a whole lot of airflow going over the plane. Very high away. The, the surface, the, yeah, the surfaces of the plane to, for you to be able to move. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it out like super simple on this. If you're in the low MOA, put your nose at nine degrees nose high, pull your power back to 10%, and then when you get to your airspeed, so let's say we're doing flaps takeoff, 85 to 90. When you get to 90 knots, set 30% power and let it go. Yeah. I mean, it's literally that easy. And for and a, contact, kids, a contact uh, reference would be put the, the spinner on the horizon. Spinner on the horizon, pull your power back to 10. When you get to 90 knots, set 30% power. If you do that, I swear to you, everything will balance out. Everything you'll be level flight on airspeed. Everything will work perfect. Now you got to adjust that if you go into the high moa. But so many kids waste like ten minutes just trying to shack that airspeed and get everything there, and they want to hold this altitude the whole time. And I always tell them, look, set thirty and nine degrees, thirty percent torque, nine degrees nose high. And when you balance out and you're level flight, tell your instructor, hey, sir, we're starting slow flight now. Maybe that's at ten thousand seven hundred. Maybe that's at you, you, you do have to verbalize what altitude you're going to maintain. Right. For CTS, it's plus or minus 100 feet. Right. But uh, starting, it can be anywhere. And so. you, you have a, you only have a five knot range there. So aim for the middle of the range. Don't aim for 85. Aim for 87 or, or whatever. And, and that's it, that's why I tell them to push your power from 10 to 30 at the top airspeed because by the time you set that 30, you're going to be perfectly in between and ca- catch that airspeed. Okay. So okay, enough okay, slow that's flight. Fine. That's contact recoveries are very easy <laughs> in general, yeah. but it's teaching you how to recover from unusual. 
an, an, uh, it's not an unusual attitude because we also have unusual attitude recoveries, but right. like the example I use is you're doing a barrel roll and you get too slow or you do pull a bender and you get too slow in a, in a clover leaf <laughs> or whatever. Um, and you find yourself on your solo in a very, um, un, I mean, I, I don't like using an unusual attitude, but a strange attitude yeah. that you are trying to recover from. So you do a contact recovery. Yeah. We have three, we have nose high, nose low and inverted. Yeah. And so nose high recovery is you're in a, Recognize, confirm, recover. So I recognize I'm in a nose high recovery. I'm going to confirm with a climb on the ADI or, or, or sorry, on the altimeter or the VSI or whatever. And then it's going to be max power, roll to the nearest horizon, and pull the nose down to that horizon. That's so, yeah. I'm trying to visualize not being able to see your hands right now and see what that looks like. So, so, it, so let's say over rotate, you're going to pull, rotate to like 120 degrees and pull the nose down okay. to the horizon. So 120 degrees would be, so if you, if you guys hold your hand out flat and you rotate at 90, that's 90 degrees. So if you're like, you're shaking somebody's hand, you're holding at 90 degrees. It's a weird handshake. And then 120 would be past that. So your palm is starting to face up. Yep, okay, exactly. And cool. then pull the nose down. And then uh, for the nose low recovery, the technique is you go, you recognize that your nose low maybe inverted, maybe, you know, more yeah. nose, whatever. And it's going to be max power. Sorry. Idle power. <laughs> Don't go back. Go idle power. Um, roll uh, it, to the nearest horizon. Roll to the nearest horizon. It's going to be a roll, then pull. Then pull, yeah. Do not blend them. Yeah. Roll and pull is for the unusual attitudes. We'll talk about in another right. podcast. But it's roll, then pull to the nearest horizon. Yeah. And I've also heard a technique of if you're approaching 200 knots, it's going to be definitely idle. If you're, pat, you're approaching 220 or past 220, Boards. Idle and boards. Idle and and boards. the boards, for you guys that don't speed know, break. that's our speed break. Yep. So idle speed break out of boards. It's, a, it's literally a, it's a giant spatula that pops out of the bottom of the plane. And it's, it, <laughs> and it produces more drag in there. That's airplane. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then inverted is you are, your pitch is close to the horizon, but you're upside down and you just roll. Roll. Yeah. And, and most IPs, I think, combine a nose low and an inverted. Really? I do. Yeah. Just, I separate them. Yeah. They're kind of yeah. hard to separate them, but whatever. Contact okay. cover is pretty easy. All right. So that's all of the basic area maneuvering. That only took 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked too much. Yeah. All so right, let's, the let's next get into this is the basic aero, aero. aerobatics. Yeah. And it's three of them it's aileron, or sorry, aileron roll, loop, and split S. Yeah. So I do them in succession. Well, what this is, is it's just one axis of movement. Right. That, that we're training you in either just pitch or just roll right. with, with both of them. And then the split S is a a roll and then a pull Right, is how we kind of work it out there. And you'll look at the advanced arrow is starting to combine roll and, roll pull, and at, pull at the same time. And so that's why it's basic arrow and then advanced arrow. Yeah. So you want to talk through aileron roll first? It's the easiest one. Sure, yeah. So, so it's what, 180 to 220? Yeah, it, if we get these speeds wrong... Don't, don't, don't hold us we, we need to get these speeds right. I know. So 180-220, max, max power is what I use every single time. Yeah, 20 pull, degrees nose high. Yeah, pull the nose 20 degrees nose high and then go full left or full right stick deflection. Right. And then you just do a roll. Yeah. If you guys have played Star Fox, they call it a barrel <laughs> roll, but it's actually an aileron roll. Yeah. It's just around one axis of movement along the longitudinal yeah. axis. And here, like, don't, don't be a pansy. Like throw the stick, go. Yeah, it, like this, it's, this it's, jet can roll. This is one of the this is one of the maneuvers where like the first time a student d does it, typically they do this nice gentle roll, and I'm like, no man, throw that stick as hard as you can into your stick. thigh, uh, and just whack and just go. 
But then the rollout is the hard part, right? Because you want to roll out perfectly wings level. Trying to shack. And so yep. you got to look at your rotation rate to kind of get there. But yep. this, is, this is a really easy, fun, quick item that you can hit just about anywhere yep. in the profile. And on your solo, don't be a jackweed and yeah, do like, just, how many aileron rolls can I do in a row? Because we can pull the data and people have gotten them so like, oh, yeah, a kid, just, I think a kid just over G'd the aircraft and oversped the aircraft trying to do as many aileron rolls as he could. Yeah, I don't know D if we don't, want to talk about don't, that. Don't do yeah. that, please don't do, be yeah. that guy. Yeah. So the next one would be loop. Loop, yeah. So, so 230, two, 250. 230, 250, and it's, it's exactly what it says it is. It's a loop. So let's talk about the techniques. Here's here's really the big things that I try to teach with this. Okay. You want to make the world rotate around you at the same rate. Think about that for a second. I am. I'm trying to. So as <laughs> your nose is going to track at the same rate no matter where you are in the loop. It should be a constant nose track. Oh, like degrees per second kind of yeah, thing. Okay. Yeah. So as I'm rotating up and over the top and back around i don't want to go really fast at the beginning and then stop pulling and then pull harder you know what i mean where everything is like it's like fast slow fast slow you want it to be kind of a nice smooth constant flow and we're, we're grading on how symmetrical you are yes. and how close to entry heading and altitude right. um, you exit the maneuver there you go. and then let's talk about wingtip wingtip ball because here's the biggest mistake i see we'll get to this in a second guys but when you're when you're rotating up when you get, say, the first quarter, you lose the horizon. You lose the horizon. You want to look out and say, wingtip, wingtip. What are we looking for there? We're actually looking for the space between the bottom of our wing and the horizon. And, the horizon. and let's just say on our right wing, there's five feet between the wing and the horizon. And on the left wing, one, one foot. One foot. Well, that means we are actually cocked off to the left and we're not doing a straight loop. We're doing a curved loop. Yep. And so, so that's how you can kind of keep it symmetrical. Right. And then the other way that we get non-symmetrical is, again, because of that torque going from a high airspeed to a low airspeed, yeah. the nose is going to start tracking to the left. Yep. And so we say wingtip, wingtip, ball. ball. That means center that ball. Right. And usually it takes a little bit of right rudder. Yeah. You're going to have to start applying right rudder as you go through the top of loop and then you're going to start letting go of that right rudder i wouldn't i don't trim it off but um and then really. as you're you start increasing the speed on the second half of the loop you can off. let the rudder out and the goal will be if you like start at zero nine zero you end at zero nine zero yeah hey one thing we should hit on with these maneuvers find a road find a river find something on the ground that can help you keep in that straight line. And that's with the aileron roll, the loop, and the split well, Really all of them. All of them, yeah. I mean, even even the, the other ones. Of, yeah. Because what, as you uh, go inverted, what I do is I pick that road up again over the over the back of my head. Yeah, head goes back at the top of the loop, and, and you, you find your road. You just drag your nose. Because I don't know if any of you guys drive motorcycles or anything, but generally your hands are going to pull the aircraft to where your eyes are looking. Right. And so if you start looking at that road, just drag that nose along the road or parallel to that road and or that point that you pick and it'll generally, the aircraft will automatically end up where you're looking. Yep. Cool. All right, split S. Split S, you gotta have altitude below you. Don't go to the bottom of the mower. Yep. And, and the technique I use is 170, 150, 130. Okay. So at a, the range that you're supposed to be inverted passing through the horizon is 120 to 140. Mm -hmm. So if you start at 170, 170 knots, you go 20 degrees nose high at 150, I invert, 
and at 130 knots, you should be passing through the horizon, which is shacking right in the middle of the range. The biggest issue I see here with students is they don't roll fast enough, mm -hmm. and they're rolling as their nose passes through the horizon, and is they get off heading and yeah. off cant, and it, that's how you can clean it up. Is you want to be passing through the horizon, set the wings level inverted. So instead of being wings level up upright, yeah, it would be wings level inverted passing. Through. I'm using a lot of hands right now. Yeah, but you, I'm sorry, guys. So let's talk about what it looks like. You're you're right side up, 20 degrees nose high, at 150 knots. You roll completely inverted, yep. and then you pull back on the stick to get into the stick shaker, and you actually come out the opposite direction that you started. You'll change 180 degrees of heading. Right. What, and, the S. Yep. And, and, there you go. and he mentioned something there, get into stick shaker, because as you accelerate, if you uh, aren't already on the G, you'll, you will gain a lot of airspeed, yeah. and that's when you start seeing kids go out the bottom. Bottom of the, of the mouth, yeah. That's kind of the big stuff there. Oh, Again, use that road, pick it up, and try to drag the nose along. It's literally the second half of a loop. If you really, if you just one half of the loop, yeah. that's the that's the basic arrow. Yeah. And they'll they'll just do that for a little bit. Oh yeah, a long time. And I think in the, the way the current syllabus is structured, they won't even touch the advanced arrow until advanced contact later in the syllabus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's if you get past a certain phase. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's the big stuff. Yeah. Really. So let's hit on these. Real quick, let's not get into too much detail because I think they'd get more um, more out of the mm. fence in, fence out, the crime check. But Immelman. And Immelman is... The opposite of a split us. Right. Yep. Or half a loop with an aileron roll at the top. Yep. So you would, same entry parameters for the loop. Yep. 230, 250 max power. Yep. You're going to get on your G, two, uh, three to four Gs. Yep. And then... As the nose, what I use is the canopy bow. Yeah. Like you, you've so got. So you're fully inverted coming over the top. Now. Canopy bow hits the horizon. Canopy bow hits the horizon. Roll. Do your half of your aileron roll and roll wings level. There and you so go. you should climb and just gain a ton of altitude. Yep. And much like the split S is the second half of that loop where you're descending, you know, 2,000 feet or whatever, the immelman will be you climbing on the front half of that loop. Yeah. About the same amount of altitude. Okay. Cloverleaf. This is generally the bane of most students. Yeah, okay. It is a, let's let's try to break it down. This is gonna be so hard to explain where they can actually visualize what it is. It it's looks a, like a mess in the 248 if you, yeah. just, if you just look at so, the picture. So it's a loop followed by a barrel roll into a split S. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. Loop barrel split the S. Way, the way okay. I describe it is it's the first half of a barrel roll followed by a split there, S. There you go. Done. So um, you'll start on, let's give it a heading, 360. Yeah. And you'll do the first half of a barrel roll. So you'll you'll generally pull. No, we didn't talk about a barrel roll. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. we can talk about it here in a second. We'll talk about it here in a second. Okay. So, um, oh, yeah. Should that, we even? A, <laughs> I don't even know if we should hit this. No, this is fine. We, okay. So barrel roll is you, you will... It's roll, a really roll and pull to the right or to the left, yeah. and you'll end up 90 degrees off inverted, and then you'll continue that roll, and it's kind of like this curly Q thing. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a really big, slow aileron roll. <laughs> kind, kind of? Kind of. But I what, I, what I didn't recognize until I was an instructor really is you are going to end up 90 degrees off from your heading halfway through it. Yes. So you will, if you start on 360 and you do a bear roll to the right, after the end of the first half, you'll end up one eight zero. No, that'd be one hundred eighty degrees. So three six zero. Three six zero to zero zero nine zero or two seven zero. But ten if you're going yeah. left or right, and then you will finish the maneuver 
so think, wings level aiming at the same direction you started. Yeah. So think of instead of a tight roll like the aileron roll, think of like traveling around a hoop in space. Right. And in the 248, it has a picture of you picking an item or an object out in the distance, off. 45 off. And so if you go around it by 45, 45 plus 45 equals 90. There and, you go. And that is a, that to get really good at those, it takes a, a little practice. Yeah. So now back to the clover leaf is it's the first half of that barrel roll. So you'll end up three, six, zero, zero, nine, zero to the right. Yeah. And then split and, us. And at that point in time, it's just on the G and you split us straight through yep. and you should end up from, you go three, six, zero, zero, nine, zero, um, on the heading inverted two, seven, zero. And then you'll end two, seven, zero. There you go. So if you go to the right, you'll actually end up facing towards the left. Correct. And then you do, that's one leaf and then you'll do, four of those in a row. Four total. There's, there's way more we can get into that. Yeah, and, and the that. techniques I use are I'll pull straight to 45 degrees nose high, and then I'll invert Feet on over. the horizon before you start your roll to invert. Yeah. And for the guys who are actually flying these, maybe currently, or about to start like their next sortie, there's two ways to do a cloverleaf. There's the uh, the Chuck Yeager beautiful shacked way where it's a continuous roll and pull to mm -hmm. end up inverted 90 degrees off exactly. If you're struggling with your cloverleafs, you can use the robotic method, which is 45 degrees nose high, roll and drag the nose across 90 degrees and then just flop over <laughs> and then split us through. It meets the intent. It's not as pretty, yeah. but it, it gets the job done. Yeah. So those are two techniques you can kind of work on. So cloverleaf is hard to explain over yeah. a podcast. Obviously. So I'm going to stop doing that. Okay. Now, next one is Chandel, which is the stupidest <laughs> maneuver. <laughs> okay. This is all we're going to say about it. You're going to say more, but yeah. the Chandel is a, clo a very big closed pull-up. Yes. That's it. That's all it is. People, like, people freak out. They don't understand it because there's all these crazy entry parameters and you got to be 60 degrees of bank coming through the horizon and 15 degrees nose low and blah, blah, blah. It's a giant close pull-up. That's all it is. Yep. So put the sun, put a cloud, put something behind you, bury the nose to 15 degrees nose low, go 60 degrees of bank, and pull around to the cloud or to the sun that's behind you. Right. That's it. And he, he mentioned uh, something to your back. You could also have something like I put the sun to my left or right side. Okay, and then it goes and the then opposite just go side. To the op just put on the opposite wing. Easy. Now, the, the one way you can shack the, the chandelle is you have to exit 45 degrees nose high. So just you'll you'll start 10 degrees nose low, yeah. 6 degrees bank, pull and, and roll and pull essentially. You're pulling the nose around. And it almost feels like you have to roll out mm -hmm. a little bit because if you just continue a straight pull, that's called a, a pitchback. Mm -hmm. But instead, you want to maintain an up upright attitude, right? And end wings level upright, 180 degrees off your original heading. There you go. That's you, enough. You, you fly it once or twice, and then yeah. you realize it's the it, dumbest. Maneuver it's also ever. called a whifferdill, I think, in like some fire communities or whatever. Yeah. Okay, and maybe there are like applications for this in a dogfight or something. But I don't it's know it's a massively energy gaining an energy gaining maneuver. All right, last one. You'll end up very high, higher than you were, much higher and much slower than you were. Yeah, but absolutely. with a lot more energy. Right. Whatever, because you're max power. Potential energy. All right, yeah. Cuban 8. Uh, Cuban B. Cuban 8. What? Cuban 8. That's our next next time. Cuban. <laughs> Dude, have you never seen? All right, it's a movie. Movie quote. You do that to me all the time. I know. It doesn't work And out. it's always from like yeah. 1983, yep. and you weren't born yet. Nope. So. Okay. Cuban 8, quickly. Um, okay, Cuban 8. It's three quarters of a loop. Three quarters of a loop. A roll out. Drive. Do it again. Do it again. Super easy. The Where students kind of screw themselves up here is what you're gonna do is you're gonna do the loop all the way to the top, you're gonna to pull through the horizon and then inverted 45 degrees nose so low. When, you're, when your bottom hits the horizon, inverted. Right. Roll. Don't bunt the nose over, don't pull, just roll. 
Yep, roll out. Roll out. Wings, Wings level, level, and then you'll, you'll instead of being 45 degrees nose low inverted, inverted, you'll be 45 degrees nose low upright. Yep, and then 230 or 250. You gotta drive for a second. Yeah, so you gotta drive. The, the two main ways that students mess this up. One is they pull through 45 degrees nose low, right. and then it turns into a loop. Yep. I've, I've done that, I've seen students do that where They'll, they'll be 45 degrees as low and they'll go straight through that and then the student's like, oh, I actually meant I was doing a loop. And I was like, all right, man. So now you're 90, 90 degrees nose low and, and they and roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or they just pull all the way through to a loop if they have the wherewithal. Right. But um, so 45 degrees nose low inverted, roll out. Yeah. Now, so one way you can mess yourself up is if you don't roll out the correct degrees nose low. Yeah. The second is when they, when students roll out, they'll occasionally instantly start their yes. their next one. And so slow. Yeah. So when you initially roll out, you're only going to be, I mean, ballpark 160. Yeah. One 180. Yeah. The interparameter for the the Cuban eight because you're basically doing a loop is 230 250. Yeah. So you, you have to. I have a bingo airspeed. Yeah. Basically a minimum air a maximum airspeed that I'm going to accelerate to or a minimum altitude. So here's a here's a good time to talk about a technique with all aerobatics. I know my entry parameter speeds for all of the maneuvers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes me a while if I'm straight and level with max power to get to that airspeed. So let's say for a loop, we want to we want to start the loop at 250 knots. Right. If I set my nose to 10 degrees nose low to help gain airspeed, general technique rule of thumb is that for every degree nose low, I will start my pull that many knots below my entry airspeed. So I know that sounds kind of weird, but huh. so at if I'm 10 degrees nose low and I'm going to do a loop, I will start my pull at 240. To get to 250. To get to 250 as I'm coming through the horizon. If I'm 20 degrees nose low about to start my loop, I'll start my pull to the horizon at 230. Right. And again, on the Cuban 8, your nose down, right, and you're barreling through airspeed. You're you're trying to shack somewhere between 230 and 250. So if you're 20 or 30 degrees nose low, you can start your pull at either 20 degrees nose low, 230, or 30 degrees nose low, 210, and that'll get you within those entry parameters. Uh, and the technique I so I'm I generally roll on my Cuban eight, mm -hmm. and I try to shack 45 degrees. I like set the stick. Okay, set the so nose. you actually set it. So I will maintain 45 degrees nose low. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm passing 200 knots, yep. start your pull. Yep, that's it. It's pretty easy. So look for cool. 200. Don't don't instantly start your pull. Wait to drive for a second until you get to 200 knots. Gain that airspeed. And then at 200 knots, begin your pull from 45 degrees nose low. Just straight through the horizon into the next loop. Yep. And then repeat. Um, if you rolled left the first time, roll right in the second one. Yeah, that's right. That, I always that, forget about thing. that one. So do all the students. Yep. That's kind of yep. fun. Yep. Okay. So, all right. Um, Man, that's I'm exhausted. That's just the, like arrow. That's the big stuff right there. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about all the checks. The let's, checks. So the first check you're going to do is the fence in and fence out check. Fence in and fence out. That Fuel, engine, nav aids. NACWIS. We don't have NACWIS anymore. Just, just yeah. So fuel, engine, nav aids, calm, equipment. An emergency. An emergency. So I'm going to check my fuel state. If Whatever. It is what it is. I'm going to check my engine instruments. I'm going to make sure everything is green and white, good for flight. You'll hear that a lot of times. Nav aids and I, I, I task. I go out of composite mode. Okay. So that I can have my turn bank indicator. There you go. Uh, that's, that's well. Yeah, make sure you're set up there. Make sure that your GPS, you can kind of consider that a navigate at this point because right. it's going to give you the pie in the sky. Uh, communication, we're going to switch from approach 
to area monitor, and that's usually one I, channel I, I over. I think that's the same for every. I do too, but I'm not. We're not going to give you like channel numbers, but yeah, you're going to switch to whoever is controlling the MOA. Right, there's a specific frequency to be on in the MOA, and you're going to call and say, you know, claw blah 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 established area blank low, whatever yep. blank high. Okay, and then equipment. So this is where we do loose items stowed, G suit checks, G suit checks, and my emergency airfield is there and and one thing to hit on that it's always good if you can actually get eyes on your emergency airfield so if you can literally look over the rail and find the field that you're going to use if something bad happens and the fence in check and conversely the fence out check will carry all the way through your entire career oh yeah specifically fighter track guys yeah. i did it every story in 38s i'm gadgeting you guys fence in fence out of t1s is that true uh yeah we yeah did. And then, I mean, you fence into low levels, you mm -hmm. fence into, you know, anytime, even as a formation, the formational fence in to the MOA. So practicing this fence in check, and granted, it the, the acronym changes what it stands for. It's like, you know, fires, emitters, whatever. And yeah, something whatever, the plane's different. But. but the fence in check and the fence out check needs to generally be respected. And, and all you're doing is you're prepping yourself from a transition mm -hmm. in a phase of flight. That's, yep. that's really all you're doing. You're, you're now going from the departure mindset to I'm now in the moment. I'm now established, and I need to make sure everything's good before I start doing a bunch of whiffer deals. Yep, because in the in the T6, it's you're not really going to that push it up mentality. So we're just having you the fence in right now is um, just having you practice fencing in, fencing right. out. But when you go to T38s, if you go to IFF, if you go to you know F16s, whatever, when you fence in, it's like all right, now I'm in the I'm in a aggressive mindset right. because this is you you will do your your practice bfm offensive defensive high aspect everything in the moa it's basic fighting maneuver yeah sorry for yep. those who don't know. uh in the moa after the fence in and then now we're going to talk about fence out so fence in is you know fangs out ready to go when you fence out it's like okay game's over we need to get back home and make it safe yep. kind of thing so Fence out, I actually add something to it. I call it AD. Oh, AD, ADF. A, ADF, so ADF um, altimeters or ADIS. ADIS. Decent check, then I fence out. Yep. So that's that's really the only difference. And you're hitting the same items. It's just talking about what you talked about. It's so. just reminding. So that's a common thing is ADF, AD fence. Yeah, whatever. AD fence, but just that's don't forget to out. get ADIS in your decent check. Yeah, and and decent check is a, a good time to do that is in the MOA right. before you start your oh, recovery. Yeah. You can theoretically do it once you request recovery, but um, I, especially in your early stories, I'd recommend doing a descent check yeah, in I, the MOA. I agree. All right, a um, couple other things to hit on. Make sure when you pass through 10,000 feet, you do your climb check. And the most important thing you're going to check there is that your cockpit is pressurizing because especially with some of the hypoxia and obog stuff well not hypoxia but you know what i mean like if you're gonna you're gonna find out real quick if your well, cabin's not that, pressurized. that's when you find out yeah that you know your your pressurization seal is not working right and or you could have a canopy issue there's a lot of stuff there so take that one seriously and honestly when i'm climbing into an area i will sometimes delay my fence in until i pass ten thousand feet so I can do my climb check before I do my fence in check. Right. Even yeah. if I'm in the MOA, it doesn't matter. I fence in as soon as I go into the vertical and lateral confines of the MOA. There you go. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, let's talk last thing here. Let's talk energy management. There's kind of a basic flow of how to do all these items. 
in the MOA so that you don't waste a bunch of time, right? Because you don't want to go in to the bottom. And then try to like split us. And then try to split us, right. You got it, there's there's engine manager. So let's talk about there's, there's like kind of a neutral state, which is the middle of the MOA at 180 to 200 knots. If you're there, you're in a great spot. But most of the time we'll come in either from the bottom of the MOA from the top of the mower. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have two flows of how I do this. If I come in from the bottom of the mower, the first thing I'll do is a GX, energy neutral. Dude, we totally didn't talk about the GX. Yeah, I, they'll, they'll figure it. Should we hit it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, sorry guys, not the last thing. Jeez, Nano, I thought you said we were coordinated for this one. I, I, I lied, my bad. <laughs> All right, you talk about the GX. So the, the GX is the G awareness exercise. Okay. And it's basically warming your body up and recognizing if you have any like deficiencies that day to quick, G's. Quick story. Sure, go for it. We, I just flew an FCF sorting and I haven't pulled G's in forever because you know I was out of the plane for like five weeks. Right. Totally started graying out on a GX. Really? <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what will happen is. It's, you, so you, that's why you do it. So you can know what your tolerance is for that day. Like today, this morning I hadn't eaten. I haven't been pulling a whole lot of G's recently because I've been out of the jet for a while. And like we we went to you know started pulling the G's and I it was I was like oh I got to get on my strain a little bit harder because you know I could see like the colors you know it's right pretty pretty crazy and it also gives you time to practice your AGSM yes and, and for this won't matter much for guys who are wanting to go to a, a heavier aircraft track a larger aircraft track because you generally will not be high G maneuvering that often but your good AGSM starts in T sixes yes because that's going to matter. I cannot foot stomp this enough. Like in 38s, they they had us, when we would go on solos, they'd have us pull up our GX, and that was the only thing they would listen to because guys in F-16s are, are G-locking. Yeah, and they're, and they're pulling tons of Gs, I mean, like pulling, super quick. You're pulling too. nine Gs, and if you when you do your GX, mm -hmm. if you feel like you're graying out or it's a bad day, call, call a knock it off kind yeah. of thing. Because if when you're solo, you're by yourself, or when you're in a single-seat aircraft and you get, in, get onto the Gs, and you G-lock, you're by yourself. Yeah. And that's, I cannot put something Super enough. Super dangerous. Give the GX its due diligence and practice the G-strain, even if it's only four, four and a half Gs and you're feeling good. Yeah. Because having that habit pattern, that muscle memory of getting on, getting prep, prepping for the Gs, getting on the Gs, getting a GX going, the good hook, whatever, is imperative Yeah. for follow-on training. So generally okay. when I first fence in, GX, GX is the first thing, thing you do. do. Okay, yeah. so let's real quick. Fast or funnier on yeah. that. Okay, if I come into the bottom of the mower, I'm gonna do two power on stalls. That's gonna get me to the top of the mower. Yep. At that point, I'm gonna do a spin. That's gonna drop me down to about the center center of the mower. Right. Then I'm gonna go TP stalls, slow flight, back to back. At the middle of the mower. In yep. the middle of the mower. And then I'm gonna hand the aircraft off and do contact recoveries. If I come in from the top of the mower, I'm gonna do a GX a spin, a power on stall, a power on stall, TP slow flight, contact recoveries. That's for that basic AHC Basic AHC yeah. stall stuff. Then once I get all that done, if I'm gonna do loop arm or split S, I'm just going middle of the MOA at that airspeed. So 10, five, 11,000 is usually a good place to start. In our MOA, in the in, low MOA. In our MOAs at yeah. least. Because if you give yourself, if you start the middle, that neutral injury state, which is 180 knots to 200 knots mm -hmm. at, in the middle of the block, you generally would not have issues with the top or the bottom of the mower right. with any of the maneuvers that you have. You'll have a couple thousand feet above you, a couple thousand feet below you. Yeah. Now, and just just remember, you've got energy gainers, energy losers, and energy neutral maneuvers. 
Know where you are before you start that. Exactly. I mean, that's really the biggest thing you're looking for there. And then don't do something stupid like starting a loop at with only a thousand feet above you, or yeah. split us with only a thousand feet below you, because right. you're going to go right off the ceiling or the or the bottom of the mow. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's kind of the big stuff. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that, hey. we well we covered basic arrow kind of stuff, advanced arrow, anything else? Yeah, I think that's it. If you guys have anything you'd like to hear us talk about, please email us at blazesparksell at gmail.com. Look us up on uh, Facebook or Instagram on Columbus Sparksell. And uh, did you want to give a pitch to the the fighter guys? What do you mean? The other podcast uh, that we got in touch with? Oh, yeah. So uh, we're going to be recording a podcast soon with the guys at Fighter Pilot Podcast. Yeah. uh, It is a couple Navy guys, but they are highly intelligent. They're F-18 drivers um, and who have thousands of hours in the F-18. And they have a fantastic podcast over there where if you are ever interested in anything having to do with specifically being a fighter pilot, like what it's like to shoot rockets, what it's like to um, rockets, what is this? Like the, <laughs> the, the, the 1960s, uh, it, what, it's, what it's like to shoot, you know, AMRAMs, what it's like to shoot heaters, what it's uh, like to land on an aircraft carrier, any of that kind of stuff. I still want to do that. That'd be so cool. You can do it in Jeez, VR, man. man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or they, they've, they've just started a new series on each specific aircraft going from like the, you know, the A7 to mm-hmm. the F-18. They're talking about, I think, the Raphael recently. Cool. So... Definitely yeah, hit them up. If you want to go kind of graduate level, I mean, we're talking about pretty simple UPT stuff here. We try to flesh it out as best as we can to the to the higher levels, but we'd like to put a plug in for them. So, yeah. All right. That's Anything all else? Spears. Awesome. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us, and um, stay tuned for more. See ya. Later.